beer? Do you want to learn how to make your own beer? It's time for Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Here's your host, Jeremy White and Bert Deister. All right, good Saturday morning. Jeremy White here with Bert Deister of Niagara Tradition, and this is Just Brew It, our weekly podcast slash radio show, so however you may be listening, uh, welcome to it. Uh, we are, of course, here on ESPN 1520 and also on WGR550.com. The archive is there if you want to listen to any old shows. Uh, just brew it. Anyway, you guys are open, as is the case every Saturday. 10 a.m., so if you need your brewing supplies, come on in. Come on in. Get there. A couple things to get to before we get to the uh, meat of the show. We've got a question of the week about water softening, which I guess you get a lot of questions about. Yep. So we'll get into that. I have a question because I brewed up a, uh, a box kit, and it led me to have a problem that I've had a few times that I want to ask you about. But uh, first, let's mention that coming up on August 15th is the Resurgence Brewing event, The Dude Hates Cancer. It's buffalo.thedudehatescancer.com, and they're going to have 25 homebrews there that are available for you to drink. You can actually enter your homebrew in it as well, and uh, proceeds go to The Dude Hates Cancer. You can find out about it online. Really cool event. So you still have time to brew up your beer or to purchase tickets to it. Yeah, and register online. If you're praying to brew, don't just show up with a keg of beer. Tell them you're showing up with a keg of beer and register online. Very good. All right, so you can do that um, at the store. Meanwhile, hop rhizomes are starting to get cones. Yeah, so I've been looking at mine. The ones at the store aren't yet. Those are first-year rhizomes, and we don't even know if we're going to get a flower this year. But um, at home and talking to a lot of people, they're starting to see some cones. Now, they're not anywhere ready yet there's the flowers are just beginning to grow and they still need to develop pollen and stuff like that but it's cool to see if you have hops out there go take a look at them so you might get some cones now all right and for summer brewing all your supplies you might need uh, of course available at niagara tradition okay so i decided i was gonna i opened i freed up a keg i had a friend come into town and suck that back frees up a keg. Right, yeah, exactly he, t- he took care of all it was the california common one of our recipes of the week that i'd made long ago so anyway, cleared out a keg. I'm like, all right, I need to get something going. So I, I picked up the Belgian wit, which is award-winning, you said, your, one of your, mom, your mom's recipe. Yep, yep. Very excited to brew it up. Nice, light in color, fantastic. So along the way, I've got to put you know oats in, in a bag, flaked oats, and 30 minutes at 150, a pretty standard. You know, it's an extract recipe that I'm using. Pretty standard. I want 30 minutes at 150 degrees. And in my apartment, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, we have an electric stove. And I've found that this has led to some problems for me in the past where I am trying to get a consistent temperature. And, you know, if I'm using a mash tun with 150, you put the cooler on it, it stays. Like, you're, yeah. you, it, it's moving like, what, two degrees maybe? Maybe over 45 minutes. I yeah. think I get, like, I've insulated my lid, so I get, like, a little less Even better, or wrap or up, two. a blanket yeah. around it. Like, you're getting really consistent temperatures, and I... I was thinking about that the whole time I'm doing this, thinking like, man, that's so consistent. And here I am. I've got my thermometer in the pot, and it's at 150, and I set the timer like, all right, I'm good to go. Just wait 30 minutes. I look back. I'm at 170, and I think it's got to be a function of the stove. So what – I don't know. What do you advise? Changing stoves. What are the tips or Get, tricks I can do? Yeah, to- walk into Orville's, right. dish out you know, $3,000 and pick up – um, no, there's there's a lot of different options for you, and I brew at home on an electric stove as well. If I'm outside, it's on gas, but if I'm inside and I'm doing usually extract there, it's uh, on an electric stove. You find that it is less reliable than gas? It is. It is definitely less reliable because you don't have, with gas, when you turn off the heat, besides maybe the little bit of iron that is holding up the pot in your uh, like kind of 
or burner guard, there's no real thermal capacity there. So everything comes down to the temperature of the water pretty quickly. When you have an electric stove, you have this large heating element. And I know I have a very old stove and mine are very large and they have a lot of capacity. So whether I'm brewing or cooking, if I need to hold a temperature, I actually have to take the pot off the burner long enough to let the burner cool down a little bit. So if I'm going from high to, no, I want to bring it down to low now because I was trying to get all this water up to temp, now I'm just trying to hold it. I take the pot off, I turn off the burner for a little while, and then I put it back on and bring it up to low. Um, some electric stoves are great. Glass tops, like recess electric stoves, tend to have problems boiling large volumes, but they're very efficient. It's just whether they have enough, you know, oomph, enough wattage to actually boil the beer. But if you're doing a large boil and you have an electric stove, it's something to keep in mind because you not, might not be able to move six and a half gallons of wort, you know, from one burner to another, or you might not have all your burners free. What about adding some room temperature or colder water? You can do that. Because I that's what I elected to do. I'm thinking... If it's at 170 and my temperature I'm aiming for is between 148 and 152, it's going to take a few minutes for it to get down. And how, how will that affect the beer? That, I'm 20 that shouldn't degrees affect ahead. the beer much. I mean, if you end up continually adding water to where you really dilute the no, mash or something like that. No, I mean, how much will being 20 degrees off affect the beer? Oh, how much will being tw- like 20 degrees off? 20 degrees could make uh, a bit of a difference, being closer up to 170, that you're not going to get much mashing. Now, if you just have specialty grains in there, you're going to get plenty of flavor extraction. But at 170, you're going to cause most of your uh, amylase enzyme to uh, go away, to break down. So, but does that take time to do? If it does take time. It does so take time if to do. If it's 170 for three minutes, and you're, you're probably it, okay. Yeah, okay. and the other any hotter than that, like you're 181 or hotter, you're going to extract some folic acid, which may or may not come out in the final flavor of the beer, depending on the yeast. But for a minute or two, you're usually okay. It's not ruined. People worry about this, and actually, a lot of times people put the the malt in, so they'll put in just a pound or two of malt. It comes up too hot. They know that they're not supposed to boil or get the malt too hot, and they throw out the entire recipe. Don't do that. Okay. Stick with it. It's not going to be that bad. And, you know, if you have a little bit of a hint of a mistake in there that only you can taste, it'll be a good lesson to not do it again. Gotcha. So off the heat is the best the best plan. Adding water is okay if there's only a little bit that you're adding. You got it. All right. I'm telling you, the stove is driving me nuts. It's, I'm trying to keep that temperature regulated, and it's it can be tough to do. Uh, with regard to some of the other things, like this recipe was a really cool recipe, um, this Belgian wit that you guys have at the box there. I, I just kind of enjoyed it. Coriander seeds, paradise seeds uh, that you're crushing up and putting yep. into a boiling bag, and it just had a really good um, – Really good flavor, really good aroma to it. It was just kind of a, a recipe. I haven't used a ton. Orange peel, too. Yep, There's bit. a lot of – it's very we, – we tell people all the time, if you want to know the individual, like, flavors and aromas of hops, make an IPA and just smell it while you're brewing it. And the Belgian wit, uh, you kind of get all these different layers that come and go as you're boiling. So you add the first edition of orange peel, and you smell this fresh orange that kind of goes into a bitter. Then you add, you know, the paradise and coriander, and you smell those fill the air. And the orange peel starts to fade. So right at the end, I think you add one more addition, right, of the orange mm-hmm. peel right yep. before. Um, really great recipe, and, uh, yeah, kind of hard sometimes to keep track of those. Did you end up going with the uh, kind of writing down all the times? or I did. I did because there was separation of, you know, this amount of seeds and this amount of hops. Uh, 
but I, I did put those in the bag. I wasn't sure about that. I know when it comes to hops, you got you say all the time, just go ahead and throw it right in. So I went hops straight in. But for the other things, I did go into the bag because I felt like it'd be a lot of debris that would have been actually yeah, worse. especially the orange peel too, kind of sticks to stuff. And um, you really don't want the yeast kind of and the orange peel sitting in there long term. It'll kind of get more of a you know bitter acidic flavor than that kind of nice like orangey freshness that you want. One one thing I'm also trying to play with right now with this batch and if anyone's making it you know maybe you're in an apartment or a house it's been a little warm yeah so if you have central air or an air conditioner you're trying to get your temperatures down and the yeast we're using on that is about 74 and i'm teetering about you can get a little bit you can get hotter on that one too so i wouldn't it's a belgian abbey yeast that goes in there it's very forgiving if you end up a little bit hot, you will get a little bit of different um, phenolic notes. It might come off a little bit of clove or banana. And if you do cool, you end up getting more of a little peppery note. Speaking of, we actually have the Saison box kit now available, which is a good beer if you have a warmer apartment to brew in, and it's still a great beer to drink for the summer. And that's usually rare. I don't know if you notice this. We talk a lot about beers that we're brewing in the winter, lagers, helices, my box, that will be really good for summer. And then we're brewing beers in the summer, you know, stouts, IPAs, beers that like warm fermentations to have for the winter. It's rare that you have a beer that's meant to be brewed and consumed in the same season and saison half of eyes and fit those and you know we got them so come on in for brewing up all the way to 84 in terms of not brewing but if you want a fermentation that is going to be high um some can be up in the 80s yeah if i can't get my apartment to 80 do i just I, i can't do it no you could there's a lot of different options um we sell heating pads and heating belts which either go underneath the fermenter wrap around it um, there's also some, you know, quick methods you can try to, you know, use like a, a space heater, though I don't think I would want to run a space heater in the summer. Um, and the other options are putting it in a warm water bath, maybe using a, um, fish tank, uh, heater to keep the temperature on the water. Um, other than that, you can take a light bulb, wrap it in tin foil, put it in a box. I kind of don't like that method as much because of fire hazard reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of different ways to kind of warm up a fermenter. One other thing before we get to, we'll get to in the next segment, our question of the week on uh, water softening. I was also, uh, you were nice enough to give me a couple samples of the hop candy. Mm-hmm. But you've got, you've got how many different flavors of hop candy? I tried oh, the Target. I, more than five. It yeah. might be like Target, uh, eight Zeus, or nine. Citra. Mm, you gave me what else? Apollo. Apollo has been sure. my favorite recently. And the, the first one you gave me was not any one of those. It was, I don't remember. They're tasty. Yeah. They're, that, they're, that, they're good really stuff. good. Yeah. And um, you can kind of see why people who might not be a fan of uh, more bitter beers still really like the IPAs because the hops, while you tend to get a little bit of their you know bitter attributes too in the candy, they're really packed with those fresh you know aromas and flavors of citrus and you know daisies and yeah. stuff that you're not really expecting. And there'd be that some of them I forget which one it might have been. It might have been the Target. I don't remember. But one of them had that little back end of bitter where I had that kind of. I mean, for me, it's always a cheese taste. I'd like yeah, cent- that was a, that would be probably be the yeah, Target. Like yeah. Centennial hops to me. Uh, in an IPA, I always come away with a bit of a cheese taste, and that Target had, like, it wasn't bad. It was, you've got the sweet and the bitter in the same candy. So if anyone goes in, this is my big-time endorsement for, uh, pick up a couple of those, bring them home, and, and hand out those hop candies because they're uh, they're really cool, and they're, uh, you know, a bunch of different options. All right, this is uh, Just Brew It on ESPN 1520. When we get back, 
water softening. Lots to get to. Uh, our question week comes from Brian in Marilla. We'll tackle that. Water softening, what you could do, what you should do if you are brewing, and how to get softer water uh, if you need to. That's up next here on Just Brew It. Jeremy White here for Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. You're listening to Just Brew It, which means... Either you homebrew or you're thinking about it. Wherever you are in the process, Niagara Tradition Homebrew is your source for everything homebrewing. Do what I did. Get a starter kit, and you'll be well on your way. Niagara Tradition will be there to answer your questions, give you advice, and as I try to become a more seasoned brewer, I know I can count on Niagara Tradition to be there with the supplies and the advice I need. Niagara Tradition Homebrewing Supply. 1296 Sheridan Drive, near Military, in Tonawanda. Open Monday through Friday, 11 to 7, Saturdays, 10 to 4, and 24-7 at nthomebrew.com. Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Pay them a visit, and remember to just brew it. All right, we are back here on Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It on ESPN 1520. My name is Jeremy White with Bert Deister, who you can see in the store uh, all the time answer questions for you all the time so question of the week which you're here to answer right about now uh from brian in marilla i live in the country and have well water it's fairly hard we use an inline water softener what should i do for brewing water do i need to buy bottled water so water softening apparently is a question that you get an awful lot our water is pretty hard here isn't it our water is pretty hard especially as you get away from the great lakes and you're not talking about tap water you're talking about well water that hasn't had any treatment uh, a lot of the treatments, whether they designed to or not, actually take out some of the minerals. Now, there's a difference between having no minerals, having hard water, and having soft water. And so we probably should explain a little bit. Hard water, we're particularly talking about calcium and magnesium ions. When we talk about softness, we're talking about salt. Now, what a water softener does is it has a media that is negatively charged and contains salt. Um, as your water comes through, it pulls these positively charged calcium and magnesium ions out. The calcium and magnesium replaces the salt on the media, and the salt is released into the water, um, which is great for preventing calcium and magnesium sticking to your faucets, uh, interfering with your detergents. Um, so it's good for, like, say, your bottle cleaning and stuff like that. You'd rather have it for your bottle cleaning. Um, but it can kind of throw off your beer. Um, my first thought would be just try to brew with it and see if your water is really hard, you're going to end up with more salt in the water. If it isn't so hard or isn't that bad, you're not going to end up with that much. Now it's going to tend to, uh, favor the sweeter flavors in your beer. So it's going to tend to bring out the maltiness of them. Not really the greatest for really light beers or IPAs or something you want crisp and bright and sharp notes in. Um, but I would initially try to brew with it because it's hard to, you know, have to, say, go to the basement and, you know, find like a, a valve before the water softener or, say, go to the store and pick up bottled water for every brew. So I would say first try to brew with it. If you have some type of supply valve before the water softener, you can take off the water there. And so it's not being hit with the softener. It's not going to have that salt in it. But it will still have a high mineral content. To get rid of some of the minerals, 
uh, the calcium magnesium, anyways, not the salt, you can boil the water and it will end up becoming what they call a scale, which we often see, and you know, everybody in Western New York sees build up at this white, you know, sometimes creamy white deposit on their brew pots. And if you need to take Same that off, by the, the way, yep, citric acid, star sand, sani clean, any of these strong acid sanitizers or cleaners should help kind of bring that original luster back to it. Um, but so you want to try a sample batch. You know what I mean? Maybe a small batch. See how just your tap water tastes. See how it does with a dark beer, which again will be better for the softer water. See how it does with a, you know, a sharp, bright beer like an IPA. Um, if you can bypass a softener, boil your water ahead of time to kind of remove excess calcium and magnesium. And then if you're also using a, a water softener, you're going to have to add calcium back to the water. So you're going to have to add about five or six grams of calcium um, pre-boil once you've treated your water to kind of bring back the calcium because regardless of flavor profile, the salt won't hurt the yeast, but they definitely need the calcium. So for me, like I've never didn't even thought to soften the water or anything like that. I, I just brewed with tap water every time. Mm-hmm. What about my beers would I notice differently if I decided to do that? You know, you're saying your first batch, just you use your tap water. If you switched the next batch, the, everything the same, it would be a little bit... say We'll say softer if you had softer water. Softer in the flavor, which is where the, like, the term comes from. Um, I like brewing with different water profiles. They can drastically change the profile of your beer. If we look at like the ingredients we are putting in as these different flavors, we often refer to them as like colors mm-hmm. on a palate. Imagine the water profile being like a hue over top of that canvas so it's going to change everything a little bit it's going to hide some colors it's going to bring some other colors like out instagram filter you got it kind <laughs> of yeah so the, the it, yeah so your water profile is your instagram filter oh. for your beer um that said i try to brew mostly with my tap water so that's like kind of my standard lens then we uh have brewed off of river water i've brewed off of lots of different spring water as well as well water from the southern tier i've done the poland you know spring water before um and so it's different, and it's cool to do. Uh, but do I just brew the same beer? No, I kind of look at what I'm expecting to get out of that water and kind of brew a beer to match. Now, and you said you've gone over this a few times. just want to recap real quickly, though. Yeah, yeah. You, you say that the actual type of beer, an IPA hard is better? Hard is better. Hard is better. So in light lager, anything crisp and dry in the finish, you want usually harder water because that's going to help scrub the palate. It's going to help clear those beers off. The salt, just like salt does in your food, is going to bring out some of the more um, sweeter flavors. It's going to bring out some of the more earthy flavors. And so it's going to highlight malty beers better. Um, And it's going to be hard to achieve, even though you might get your terminal gravity down after adding you know, calcium carbonate back in so your yeast is really healthy, you're going to have trouble achieving that dry profile even though you're hitting your terminal gravities. And it's just of the perception of the beer from the minerals in the water. So for bottled water, you're saying, is that that's, it's missing those elements and there's salt in there instead? You got it. Well, no, or bottled water is usually either distilled uh, RO or spring water that's been um, GAC uh, carbon filtered. With the water softener, once the beer goes through the water softener, the softener is going to take away calcium and magnesium and replace it with salt. There is some salt in your water. Um, I want to say like ours, on our last water report, don't quote me on this, it was around like 20 parts per million. Mm -hmm. 
which is about the same as like our chlorides, which makes sense. But um, that's naturally occurring in the water. It's not added by, you know, the water treatment facility. And it's good. You want some there. Your body needs some salt as well as it, you know, improves the flavor of the water. But um, too much and it'll taste salty. I was going to say, what does salt do to a beer? Is there is there any beer where you want more salt? Uh, porter, maybe. Um, I have added, like, you know, uh, forms of um, like sodium bicarbonates and stuff like that to uh, those darker beers. But, yeah, think of those. Dark, rich, earthy beers, anything with an earthy, roasty profile, you're going to want a higher sodium water. So around the country, there obviously must be different Instagram filters for each and every region. West Coast versus East Coast. You've got, you know, West Coast IPAs and East Coast IPAs. Obviously, the hops are different. But are there different water profiles around the U.S.? Can you think of, I don't know, can you think of a brewery people might drink where their profile is significantly different? Great Lakes Brewing, I would think, would have pretty... Hard water, or do they bring yeah, in their I own? Bet you they're, they're, no, I, I bet you if you looked at, um, you know, like Genesee High Falls Flying Bison, you know, any any of our local breweries or surgeons, I'm thinking of places that are, you know, within a, you know, half a mile of the water, but anybody on the municipality is still going to be getting their water, you know, off the Great Lakes, and our profile is going to be the same. Obviously, you head south, like, you know, I'd be very interested if, you know, anybody's ever coming through Buffalo from Tennessee and wants to drop off 10 gallons of water, <laughs> I would love to try it. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of places that are more notably have bad water for brewing. So there's a lot of places that have um, either no minerals and, you know, high, uh, super high minerals, or they have tannins in the water that causes problems. That might be a fun thing for a brewer to do. I know we're going to have the guys from Resurgence in sometime soon, and they are actually just launching their summer road trip IPA, which mm-hmm. is they drive around and get hops from a road trip and come back and brew it. So if you're a home brewer and you're going to Tennessee, you know, you're driving to Missouri for whatever reason, should you just bring, a, I mean, a carboy and and come back with five to ten gallons of Missouri tap water just to do something? I think so. The people you're traveling with might feel not differently. So yeah. um, not so much. Especially if it's riding on somebody's lap or between two people in the back seat. But I think it will be worth it. Strap it you in know? a seatbelt. Give it a just give it a seat, or maybe yeah. put a plug in that thing. Put it in the trunk. You know, what are you coming back with? Five to six gallons of Missouri tap water to make my signature, whatever your beer might there be, you go. and see what's different. That's your usable souvenir right there, too. I mean, you could come back with malt from all those places as well. I know you guys have the, the New York specialty malts in store as well. Yes, we do, yeah. I think we're going to be brewing up a beer with those uh, shortly here. Now, when it comes to the difference between those malts and the others, I know they're, you know, if you walk in, I was there this week, if you walk in, they're pretty much, they're on an end cap, as you might say, in a grocery store. So they're very prominently featured. When it comes to the New York malts, um, what are you finding? What are people saying? What are the reviews and, and how have they moved? Um, I mean, we have some great reviews of them. Uh, we have a sample, too, if you're coming in and you want to give it a try up at the counter. We have a sample that you can come in and give like a quick sniff, even try some if you want to really nice almost peanut like uh toast elements to it um i think we're going to try to do an all new york craft malt uh, pale ale to kind of have at the counter so if anybody wants to give it a try come on in and we'll have it there for both sale obviously we got it at the end camp so it's right when you come in it's also in its regular place on the grain shelf but we got lots of it we have just about their full line of specialty malts and uh base malts so come in and give it a try you had something else another malt that i just saw that i was intrigued by I'm trying to think what it was. It might not be that new. It might just have been new for me to see. Still have the mesquite. Still working with that. Still have the mesquite. Yep. 
a lot of good reviews from that. A lot of people loving just the flavor of it before they even get it into the beer. It's it's really interesting to eat. Like I could sit down with the beer and a cup of the mesquite malt and probably eat a half pound. You ever had sitting. mesquite straight off the actual plant? No. You can you can eat mesquite right off the plant, and it is, I, like I wouldn't know the the chemical or the recipe terms like parts per million in actual mesquite seasoning, but picture all that seasoning naturally occurring, and you eat it. It's instantly. Actually, I had it. It grows in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. So you're down there, and there's oh, this is a mesquite plant. You can pull one off and take a bite. And at first, it's oh, that tastes like mesquite, and then it just destroys your mouth and like takes over. I've had that before: licorice root, sarsaparilla root, those yeah. kind of thing. Almost a burning sensation yeah. that follows up behind. A lot of those spices naturally occurring are just so overpowering, and mesquite is another one. But you've had good reviews on that. We've malt. had great reviews from that malt. So. All right. So recipe of the week: we have to think about something to put together for this week. Um, maybe you want to brew something up for that uh, Dude Hates Cancer event with Resurgence Brewing, which, again, is August 15th. It is, you know, we're in late July here. Maybe you're thinking about making a, a beer to bring to a preseason football game. Like, that's your time yeah. frame right about now. Uh, training camp starts in less than a week, and then we're in a football season. So what's a good beer you think recipe of the week style for uh, for football season, to kick off football season? I think a toasted pale ale will, will go well. That's what we're going to be doing with the New York Craft Malt. Um, that's what we brought to tailgate for a game last year. Went over really well. A meaty beer, but not too heavy. Lots of flavor. You know what I mean? Lots of hops, lots of toastiness, but still fairly light terminal gravity. So you can have a couple of them. So how local could you, if you wanted to make a local beer, all local, now that you've got the, the local, the New York craft malts, you've got obviously hops that can be from this region. Maybe you're mm-hmm. growing your own. Um, when it comes to... We, we we tried to wild harvest the yeast at the store. I don't know. We'll let you know. Yeah? It dropped. It's down. There's no floor. There's no pellicle on it. There's no slime. Those are all good signs. Yeah. So What's we'll the time you know. frame on that? Um, I don't know. They have to build up some confidence and kind of maybe a couple <laughs> of beers first to you open it. it up and give it a try. Okay. But, um, yeah, no, we're going to split it off, I think, into three one-gallon batches, kind of like a wild fermented and soured goose. And we're going to use it in probably beers over the next two to three years and kind of blend it in. Exciting. So we're already thinking about something, a saison to maybe make towards the end of the summer um, to try to blend in with this goose for one that maybe will be ready next spring. Um, for other ones, we'll be able to fast make Belgian beers. And if we want a little bit of sour twang, a little bit of wild yeast flavor, we'll be able to blend in a half gallon to a gallon into it. All right. That could be a recipe of the week down the line. All locally grown, locally harvested, and created materials. God All bless right. you if you go for it. <laughs> right. Uh, we're back next week, of course. If you missed half the show or want to hear other shows, uh, online at WGR550.com in the on-demand audio portion of the site, buffalo.thedudehatescancer.com to look into tickets or to register for that resurgence event August 15th. We, August uh, 15th, we will see you there. Uh, and, Burt, thanks again. We'll see you next week. You it is Niagara Traditions Just Brew It, a home brewing show for you where we remind you to go, go brew yourself. Beer, 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 beer. You've been listening to Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Home Brew. Whether you're a seasoned brewer or just want to get started, visit them at 1296 Sheridan Drive in Tonawanda or online at nthomebrew.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Just Brew It.